0: Dennis, uh, we've been talking about uh, herbal teas and infusions and having simple herbs do the job for Mm. our health. But you'd like to chat today about a couple of teas that are perhaps your favourite teas. I'm
1: going to do that quite happily, Jane, if we get a chance. But uh, before we go that far, um, I'd just like to talk about an email that we received from a a listener. Very interesting comments about... uh, herbs simple preparations and what she's doing with one herb in particular
0: health naturally Dennis you were talking about your listener who sent in the email with the interesting yes. things
1: very very um uh, very very interesting e- email this was from a listener who listens to the program regularly but um, she was uh, taken up with our emphasis on keeping aspects of herbal medicine simple And being based, if you like, on water-based preparations, which incorporate, if you like, the dried herb. Frequently, the dried herb being purchased from a supplier. In this case, the lady that rang in um, is a supplier and a grower of the herb that we don't mention that much, but I said I'd mentioned it on the program for her sake and listeners, but the herb Moline. And uh, she uh, rang in and said that she had been growing and collecting and supplying people with moline, the dried cut herb, and they had been using it, as I well know, for basically a tonic for the respiratory system, and uh, apparently with very good results. Now, this excited me. My daughter, Rachel, who answers most of my emails, was excited with it also, because for years and years and years, Jane, I have... Uh, been encouraging Australians to take seriously the 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 idea or the prospects associated with uh, wildcrafting and, and growing medicinal herbs. Uh, for a number of years, I actually toured Australia doing one-day seminars on growing herbs as a cash crop. But here's an example of where at last uh, someone or some people, more, probably more than one, are appreciating that... Um, the growing of medicinal herbs in Australia is a real possibility and medicinal herbs growing in Australia, some of them are very easy to do. And so again, I would say to listeners out there who are fascinated with this concept of growing medicinal herbs, both for interest and also as a marketable commodity. And let me emphasize, there's never been a better time for the growing and marketing of Australian herbs because of the increased scarcity of medicinal herbs on the world stage. This uh, lady was collecting, growing, marketing the herb mullein. Now, listeners will say uh, mullein or mulline. Some refer to it as mulline, but I pronounce it as mullein, M-U-L-L-E-I-N. Its botanical name is Verbascum thapsus, And those of us who work as professional herbalists know that it is a remarkable herb for addressing uh, the whole spectrum of chronic respiratory problems essentially is a supportive tonic. It is not an antibiotic, it is not a steroid, it is a herb like so many herbs which has the capacity over time to do what tonic herbs have traditionally done, and that is to bring a non specific restorative and supportive effect to the organ that they address. So I'm not surprised that this lady was uh, having people purchase it for the management of their chronic bronchial states, uh, many of which exist, of course, and people apparently are doing very, very well on it. Now, uh, if people are traveling to the New England region, um, you will see this herb uh, at particular times of the year, very vigorously asserting itself inasmuch as that it has uh, what you might call a stem on it, which is climaxed by a spike of vivid golden flowers and the herb, um, colloquially, is referred to as Aaron's rod that budded. And for a very good reason, it, it, the uh, stem of the, the herb looks like a bud, uh, or looks like a rod, but it has these lovely flowers on the top of it, and the leaves of which are very velvety type leaves, um, a rosette of them, very close to the ground the leaves are. The leaves are collected and turned into an extract and used by persons like myself, but the actual flowers are also popularly used and have been for centuries to turn into an infused oil uh, and to treat conditions such as earache. Now, we're talking about domestic use of of the herb. Obviously, any earache condition needs to be investigated, but uh, for those conditions where the ear just perhaps aches as a result of a cold or something like that, traditionally, making an infused oil of the mullein flowers has been a very, very successful way of sedating some of the discomfort of earache. So next time you go to the New England listers, if you go up that way, at a particular time of the year, in that granite country, you will see acres and acres and acres of moline growing. And at the right time of the year, you may be fortunate enough to see it at its best when the stem has developed and it has that beautiful spike of yellow flowers on it. It's a lovely herb. I could talk about it all day. I'm uh, fortunate enough to have some uh, photographs of myself with the school years ago collecting Moline around Urella. So thanks for, very much for the lady that rang in and told us about her interest in growing Moline, collecting Moline, that remarkable respiratory remedy. Good, and good luck to you.
0: To Inuwiri Health Naturally and Dennis Larry has rung in from Clarence Town, Larry, you've got a question you'd like to put to Dennis today.
2: Oh, hi, uh, hi uh, Dennis. Hello, Larry. Um, yeah, I've suffered from asthma and bronchitis and
1: Bronchiectasis, yes.
2: And everything else. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, for years. Yes. Um, I've seen this advertising of uh, Lignosis. Do you know anything about that?
1: That's the name of a product, is it? Yes. Okay. Look, I haven't heard of it. I don't know the name of it. Um, is the product a natural product based on herbs, is it? Yeah. Its okay.
2: it, ingredients are yes. tiger milk mushroom yes. powder and yeah. passion fruit powder.
1: Okay. And what, what does it purport to do, Larry?
2: It's supposed to uh, help with breathing and, okay. and cleaning your yeah. sinuses. Okay.
1: Larry, um hi was, it, was is this a, an american product or or a, an asian product
2: ah oh, i think it's been made in singapore i think okay, i don't
1: know okay look i'm i'm i heard i'm, I'm very well versed in the properties of passiflora or passion that was one of the herbs in the formula Yep, that's now, right yeah passion flower is well documented in Western herbal medicine, particularly in the British Herbal Pharmacopeia, as a useful remedy. Uh, It's more of a relaxant remedy. It's used a lot uh, for anxiety states. It has a mild indication, let me put it that way, a mild indication for very mild respiratory conditions. I would not see it, uh, and this is my opinion, I would not see it as being a specific herbal remedy with an action against asthma. I would be reluctant to see that. What about the tiger milk mushroom? Okay. Now, the tiger milk mushroom, um, again, that is a a common name of the herb. Is there beside it a botanical name of the herb? I don't think so. No. Okay. Uh, I'm not familiar with that name, but all I would say is in uh, Asian medicine, many mushrooms are used for medicinal purposes. One must always, Larry, and you would appreciate this, one must always be very, very cautious about using any mushroom uh, from anywhere uh, unless it is well-documented and has uh, beside its common name, the actual botanical name, uh, which then can be researched to see if the claims made for it can be justified. I know very little about that, that herb. I know a lot about passion passionflower. Uh, I would uh, be reluctant to, uh, to see it as having a major effect on respiratory conditions, and I'd suggest that you uh, uh, source the actual name, the botanical name of the, uh, the Asian herb. If you're able to do that, I would be able to uh, help you further and give you a more accurate interpretation. But I would say that, in, in my opinion, there are better herbs... Uh, than those that are mentioned for addressing respiratory problems. That's an opinion, but the herb that uh, we've been discussing, the herb muleen, M-U-L-L-E-I-N, botanically known as verbuscum, is well documented in in the Bible of modern herbal medicine, the 1983 edition of the British Herbal Pharmacopeia, and it has a broad spectrum uh, action, a tonic action, on respiratory conditions, and it's a very, very safe herb. I would be suggesting, without in any way criticising the product you've mentioned, I'd be suggesting that you have a look at that, and as I've said, get me some more information on the, on the uh, the botanical name of the uh, of the mushroom, and I can give you a more accurate assessment.
2: Sorry, uh, what you're saying is it's a, it's a probably waste of money.
1: Well, not necessarily. <laughs> uh, not necessarily. i I. It was advertised on the net, was it? Yeah. Okay. Look. Um, without wanting to sound too sceptical or cynical, uh, it's very easy uh, for products to be advertised on the net if they're made in other countries where the rules and regulations that prevail in this country uh, don't, don't prevail there. For instance, in this country to make, um, even on the, um, on the media, to make a claim about uh, herbal products and their ability to treat various diseases. Um, you have to ensure that your labelling coincides with the British, with the uh, Therapeutic Goods Administration, and you have to uh, make sure that the herb that you're talking about or putting into a product is also a herb that has been approved for Australian use uh, by the TGA. It's very difficult to make verbose statements about um, Uh, herbs for treating conditions, like you've mentioned, uh, in Australia under the rules of the Therapeutic Goods Administration. I tend to agree with that because I've seen a lot of products on the net make incredible uh, claims, uh, usually um, supported by incredible prices. Um, And at the end of the day, I have reservations and concern uh, at the way in which Australians perhaps are Forking out money and falling prey to what I would call, in many cases, false advertising.
0: Mm, well, thank you for your call, Larry, and something to think about there. Uh, Dennis, Jim has rung in from Thornton. <coughs> and, Jim, you've been making your own preparation and taking it every day. Tell us what it's about.
2: Oh, what, I, what I've been doing is... Um I've been uh, just getting a little bit of um, organic turmeric, about half a teaspoon, Um, some olive oil, some black pepper, uh, and 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 some honey, and just a bit of water, mixing it up and just drinking it after I have my breakfast. Yes. Is that going to do me any good, or I think it is. I think it is,
1: and this this is the sort of uh, thing that I encourage listeners uh, to to do. Simple usage of safe herbs. What you are doing is is harnessing the potential benefit of, of turmeric and you are ensuring uh, the activity of turmeric by having some black pepper. Black pepper functions as a synergist, an agent that is uh, useful, in fact probably necessary, to get the, the active chemistry of turmeric uh, working and you've got in, in a lovely, uh, lovely base um, uh, and taking it in that, in that form is very, very safe. In fact, it sounds delicious, but you have a good chance there of harnessing some of the uh, mild anti-inflammatory characteristics that turmeric has, and also some of the way in which the herb, also being a warming herb, is useful for respiratory conditions, particularly in in wet and and, and cold weather. And also, uh, turmeric is a remarkable herb for uh, assisting uh, the gallbladder in its functioning so take it on a regular basis um with the with the olive oil um i think you, you're on a winner there and i'd encourage you to continue doing it
2: oh well thank you for that because i wasn't sure whether i will be a bit more beneficial taking a capsule or
1: something i oh, no, no, no. well no now let me just come in here and say this this uh, part of my segment on on preaching simplicity is because we unfortunately have been led to believe that unless Uh, some of the herbs appear in a a trendy, finished, usually expensive form, that they are inactive. I dissent from that. I do use capsules when when they are appropriate. But some of the best feedback that I've had, Jim, on, on turmeric has been from people that are using it as a crude, powdered herb in preparations similar to yourself. Now, not all herbs lend themselves to being prepared as a simple tea. But what you're doing there with that preparation, I applaud you because, in my opinion, you're probably going to get a better effect than using encapsulated herbs, which are much more expensive and and having to be taken in a much larger quantity. I, I think that what you're doing, you stick with that, save yourself some money and grab hold of the idea that we've been focusing on, that one doesn't have to always pay out a lot of money for finished, trendy herbal metal medicine products.
0: This is 2 RFM's Health Naturally. Dennis, uh, herbal teas are part of your simple remedies and uh, you do love talking about them. I do. But one of them that you've talked about uh, is willow bark. Yes. So just why have you been talking about willow okay. bark?
1: The reason I'm talking about willow bark is that um, there is concern that uh, some of the anti-inflammatory Uh, medications that we use, in medicine I'm talking about, conventional medicine, useful as they may be, can have some significant consequences, uh, particularly on the gut. Uh, So that I've noticed, particularly of late, that many of my medical colleagues are uh, more reluctant to prescribe some of the conventional anti-inflammatories than what they previously have done. Now, I suspect that this is a growing awareness that useful as these things are, and they are useful and sometimes necessary, that there perhaps are other simpler ways of addressing particularly joint inflammation uh, with simple herbal preparations that can help what I refer to as the milder conditions associated with arthritic and rheumatic conditions. So part of my mission is to Uh, point out that uh, people that suffer mild states of inflammatory joint conditions can frequently retreat to well-known herbs and use them in a simple form and get a benefit that can be adequate for the level of discomfort they're experiencing. And willow bark, as I keep saying to listeners, is so well documented and has so been used as source material uh, for prescription medications over the years, that as a tea, a tea of willow bark, particularly when combined with its European companion, silver birch, has proved to be, particularly in the European experience, an adequate herbal tea to address the milder states of rheumatic and arthritic conditions. And I've been promoting that now for some time And people uh, have responded to it and have shown interest in getting hold of the preparation, using it. And as I said a couple of weeks ago, for listeners that are interested in the paper that I have written on that combination, all they have to do is contact the station and I can make sure that you get a copy free of charge that will confirm in your mind, despite the cynicism that might exist out there by some, uh, this will confirm in your mind the valid prospects associated with the regular use of a willow bark tea combined with its running mate, silver birch. As I said uh, some time ago, it was made very, very popular in Europe during the Second World War, when prescription medications, pharmaceuticals were very, very scarce. And then some medical practitioners and others began to fall back on traditional medicine and prescribe that combination, willow bark and silver birch. And the well-known Scandinavian doctor, uh, Dr. Waeland, W-A-E-R-L-A-N-D, in a book that his uh, daughter uh, wrote entitled Rebuilding Health, in that book, uh, Waeland's formula, his experience using willow bark and silver birch tea during the second world war is well documented it is one good example of where a simple safe herb used in companion with the right remedy can provide some degree of comfort and i emphasize for the milder levels of inflammation the stronger anti-inflammatories obviously have a part to play and your doctor is the best person to make that assessment but my observation is that too frequently Stronger stuff is prescribed when very frequently a turmeric, as that previous gentleman mentioned, or a herbal tea based on willow bark and silver birch can provide adequate comfort.
0: Excellent. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, Now, Kelly's rung in from Glendale. And you want to talk about snoring, Kelly, and I gather it's not your own snoring? Yes, it is, actually. Ah, (laughs) there you go.
1: (laughs) Kelly. You, yes. you are a snorer, are you?
3: Obviously, yes. Oh. I'm going away with family, and uh, we've got to share a room, and I, oh, I
1: really dear, dear, don't dear, want dear. to dear.
3: cause them problems. <laughs> mm.
1: Look, I wish there was an easy solution to this. How long have you uh, been looking for a solution to your snoring?
3: Oh, quite a long time.
1: Okay. Do you you uh, you're a mouth breather?
3: Yes, I am actually. Oh, yeah.
1: Have you know, have you discussed it with? Uh, your doctor and an ear, nose and throat specialist and people like that?
3: No, I haven't
1: actually. Okay. Do do you experience many uh, upper respiratory tract conditions? like? Uh, no.
3: No, I don't. And
1: uh, Well, look, all I would say is that uh, my best suggestion, and it's, it's probably not going to be a solution to it, my best suggestion would be to use a safe inhalant, a safe inhalant uh, as a means of clearing. The, uh, the, the nasal passages and the sinuses. Use that as a starting base. It'll cost you nothing. But the old tea towel trick uh, that we were all raised on, uh, if you can get hold of a product called Olbus Oil, which you should be able to get from a pharmacy or a good health food store, I suggest give it a try. Make an, an inhalation with some Olbus Oil in it and put the tea towel over your head and inhale some of that and see if that has any effect on clearing the the situation and making it easier uh, for you to breathe. Um, as I said, it's not going to cost you very much money. It's worth a try. Um, it may not do anything, but it's worth a try.
3: I will try that. You'd laugh. I tried. I went away with my granddaughter once. Yes. And uh, we had to share a motel room. Yes. I woke up through the night, and here she was asleep in the bathroom on the floor with the door shut. <laughs> <laughs> because I was snoring so
1: much. Oh, dear, dear. And,
3: uh, I went to the chemist the next day and asked, what could I do? Yes. And he said, oh, we've got these strips you put over your nose and you could put this um, tape over your mouth, which will stop <laughs> your mouth from snoring. Well, the next morning I woke up, I got the widest strip I could for my mouth <laughs> and I woke up... And I had trouble getting it off, and I was red raw.
1: That's torture. That's torture. <laughs>
0: Let's hope you don't have to go to those extremes. Well, try, try, oh.
1: try an oil inhalation. I don't think it'll be as traumatic <laughs> and as complicated as that. <laughs> it's, it's a wonder you didn't get a bash on the wall for the people next door in the in the adjoining in the well, uh, compartment.
3: Well, I don't think it was that loud, but I, I, obviously my granddaughter was playing a uh, a, a netball uh, okay. state finals, and she had a couple of days to play. Yeah. So I sat up all night trying not to fall asleep, not to snore.
1: <laughs> do you, do you yeah, sleep on your days. back? So, yeah, most of
3: the time we're on yeah. the side, but well, yeah, I do tend to fall back on my back, yeah. some, some, and that's when you snore. Yeah,
1: <laughs> some, some people have suggested, and this is quite tortuous, that uh, what you should do is encourage yourself to uh, to uh, sleep on your, on the side and a way of doing that is to put a couple of tennis balls in the bed so that when you roll over <laughs> you'll be discouraged from laying for too much on your back so there's a there's well, well you laugh
3: my husband snores as well but uh, he 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 wears a hearing aid so he doesn't hear me. Right. <laughs> And it
0: doesn't bother me, he's snoring.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting.
0: And earplugs for everybody, everybody else is the other thing, yeah. Well, thanks for your call and well, all the you. very I'll best for that, her, thank Kelly. You very Give much. it a go. Great. Uh, Dennis Mario rang in from Ties Hill. He's not on the line now, but he's asking if there's anything you could recommend for molluscum contagiosum.
1: Molluscum contagiosum. Look, it, it's a common condition and it tends to be self limiting. Um, there's an argument in our profession um, or theory um, that if you support the body's immune system, particularly with herbs like echinacea and the herb Thuya, T-H-U-J-A, that that will speed up the resolution of it. Now, where I have treated it in the past, and I've seen quite a bit of it, I have used that, that technique tentatively explaining to the patient or the client that um, the condition itself will resolve itself in time and that the promotion, if you like, of immune stimulation may encourage a faster resolution. In a number of occasions, that seems to have been supported, but I certainly couldn't guarantee it. Um, That's about the best I can do. Combination of herbs, if it's a child, echinacea is a great remedy for kids. If it's an adult, the herb thuya, which needs to be used discreetly, is also appropriate. But um, there's nothing specific that I'm aware of uh, other than this uh, philosophy or this hypothesis of improving the immune response to it
0: to on your RFM's Health Naturally now with Dennis Stewart and uh, enjoying the topics that you are bringing up. But we're also going to talk a little bit about irrigation therapy, mm, which mm. is quite popular in Europe, I believe. It is.
1: The, the term irrigation therapy is, is used a lot in um, continental or European uh, medical circles. It refers to the idea of harnessing the action of particularly herbs in cleaning out to use some fairly... Uh, simplistic language, uh, cleaning out particularly uh, the urinary tract. Irrigation therapy has behind it the idea that some conditions particularly pertaining to the urinary system are best treated herbally by putting them into a a water basis and uh, making an infusion or a decoction of them and using them in in fairly voluminous quantities uh, either preventatively or for treating a, a condition. So if we look at the urinary system, where would irrigation therapy, uh, this term, where would it be applied? For instance, I'll give you some examples. If a person was uh, in in the throes of experiencing uh, chronic, chronic, ongoing, recurring episodes of urinary tract infections, under the concept of irrigation therapy, one would prescribe certain herbs, particularly two herbs that I will mention, the herb buku, B-U-C-H-U, buku, and the herb also known as bearberry, B-E-A-R-B-E-R-R-Y, one would prescribe either one of those frequently in combination as a useful device to take regularly to break the, uh, into the circuit or the cycle, if you like, of recurrent urinary tract infections. The water-based preparation conveys the active chemistry of both those herbs in a, a useful voluminous way in a neutral substance and the concept of irrigation or flushing the system tends to make sense when you're looking at the use of the herb in that way. One can get a better result using those two herbs to address chronic urinary tract infections than using those herbs in a more sophisticated and solid form. Listeners might think it it quaint when we say that frequently the benefit of a herb is dependent upon the way in which it's been traditionally presented. And in urinary tract conditions, uh, the best results, in my opinion, come from those preparations that are water-based, conveying the activity of herbs, the chemistry of those herbs to the system to address the pathology behind many of the infections and build up, if you like, a resistance to recurrence. That's a, good, that's a good example, if you like, of using two very, very well-known herbs as irrigation therapy. Now, keep in mind that those two herbs, I'll be quick on this, those two herbs, buku and bearberry, also known as Ursi, are well-defined in various editions of the British Pharmaceutical Codex where they indicate a role that has been um, sorted out for those two herbs over many decades, even in conventional medicine, even, say, as, as early, if you like, as uh, at the time around the beginning of the, uh, of the 30s and the 40s, that preparation was popularly used. We have lost sight of that today. And in my opinion, chronic urinary tract infections warrant an opportunity to see if they can respond to these two remedies, which even in medical literature are still defined.
0: Dennis, we have Gary on the line. and Oh, no, we've lost Gary. Oh, dear. Okay. Sorry, Gary. Uh, he's from Raymond Terrace, He had severe stomach problems and okay. uh, it's been investigated, but no okay. ulcers. Okay. Uh, any clues on that?
1: Yeah, look... Um, there are a couple of things that immediately comes into one's mind when uh, one sees the term severe stomach problems Um, and I'll be fairly broad in my recommendations because even though uh, according to the script here on the screen ulcers have been ruled out it still implies that there's some uh, stomach discomfort and the information that I would loosely give it's very very safe Is worthwhile trying because it's inexpensive and it's fairly well documented and proven in our system. A starting base for uh, stomach conditions that, uh, if you like, acid stomach, it's the old term we used to use, mild inflammatory states of the stomach, um, mild gastritis, uh, that's always uh, a, a set of conditions that calls for the application of powdered slippery elm. Now powdered slippery elm, one of the oldest herbs uh, used in Western herbal medicine, uh, the bark of the the elm tree, Ulmus fulva, the botanical name of the of the tree, that has a very gentle, soothing, palliating chemistry, which, when taken in significant quantities, puts a protective barrier on the gut wall, lessens uh, inflammation to some degree, and promotes any healing of any areas that might be inflamed. I would suggest a trial on slippery elm powder, ideally taken in its crude form. That's, that's my suggestion there. Now, the, 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 the great English herbalist, Frank Roberts, whose literature I absorbed as a young student of herbal medicine and whose uh, treatments I still revere, he saw the most important herb for the stomach particularly what we'd call functional conditions of the stomach, acidity states, etc., as being the herb meadowsweet. And I've mentioned meadowsweet on this program over the years. It's still not appreciated enough. It, it, It is presented as a simple dried herb and the making of a herbal tea of meadowsweet and taking that fairly regularly in conjunction with the herb slippery elm in my opinion, is a good starting base.
0: Now, Gary's back on the line. Oh, is he really? So, hello, okay. Gary. Um, I hope you've been right. listening.
2: <laughs> I just caught that last bit, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you're, you're according to what you've said, Gary, all the investigation has ruled out ulceration. Yeah, uh, we've well, done all
2: the steps. Yes. Good. Uh, i want uh medication for anxiety.
1: Yes, yes.
2: But I find I'll take as the anxiety tablets to ease my stomach, not yes. to have, okay. have anxiety no more, so
1: yeah. okay. if
2: I don't need, if I don't need yes. my stomach is alright and I haven't got anxiety, so yeah. I've yeah. got my problems with my stomach.
1: So, okay. well what I have said there, in my opinion, is worthwhile trying because it's very safe uh, and if you've not used Slippery Elm, in my opinion, you're missing out on something and if you've not used Meadowsweet herbal tea, a pleasant tea, let me emphasise. You could be missing out on the recommendations of the great English herbalist, the late Frank Roberts. Those two herbs are worthwhile trying, but if you were to read the writings of Dr. Rudolf Weiss, a remarkable medical doctor who's passed away, of course, in recent times, um, a great medical doctor, but also a great medical herbalist, you can read uh, his section, Dealing with, with Pain and Discomfort, And the European herb of choice uh, is the herb chamomile. And chamomile is is unfortunately seen by many people as just a useful herb to treat insomnia, uh, particularly in children. I've never really found it that useful there, but in most conditions of the gastrointestinal tract, including the stomach, I found it most useful. I'd suggest you do a bit of thinking round and get hold of those herbs, give those a try, I think there could be some benefit in them.
2: I will do
1: that.
2: I definitely want to try something. Mm, mm. yeah. but I've never
1: tried that chamomile. Cam- I have trouble sleeping too. Yeah, well, <laughs> okay. Well, you might, you might be the exception here and find that taking chamomile uh, does have some benefit uh, in uh, in promoting sleep. But uh, okay. certainly on the gut, it's um, it's well defined, and I've I would not treat any uh, upper gut condition without using. Uh, chamomilla or chamomile.
0: Well, thanks for your call, Gary, and it's good to have something to try. And all that fits in nicely with your your, uh, idea of having simple herbs as remedies, Dennis. Well,
1: I'm glad we've got onto that today, Jane, and I'm glad people out there uh, are seemingly taking the information and beginning to appreciate that one can use herbs in the old-fashioned way, getting the dried herb, converting conveniently into an inexpensive preparation. These formulations, the use of the herb in this way is of course for those conditions that are distinctly if you like non-medical, that uh, pose no problems as far as interaction with conventional medication. Our purpose has been to say if you're a keen user of herbs you don't need to spend an arm and a leg on sophisticated products. You can do it yourself by resorting to the old-fashioned herbal tea.
0: Yay. (laughs) So stock up on the herbal (laughs) teas. And you can catch this program on podcast at 2NURFM.com.au, the Health Naturally page. And we'll welcome Dennis back next Friday after the midday news for Health Naturally on 2NURFM.